Blog Talk Radio. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Stephen McCarthy. 
from the McCarthy Project, and we have been continuing our discussion around what is the value of beach volleyball, and, and it's announcing as a NCAA championship uh, coming up here in May. Um, as we all know, it probably will lead to a lot more schools, you know, endorsing it or or bringing it on as a um, a sport. But I've I've asked uh, Coach Rob Brownie from St. Mary's, who um, I guess doesn't hail from California, but at one point was in Utah, which we'll get to a little bit. But uh, currently coaches down in California, which is known as kind of the mecca, especially from Minnesota here, where we do have beaches, but we don't have as many players from that standpoint. How are you doing, Coach? Great, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm very excited. I know we've just chatted a little bit off air a little bit. I'm very excited to kind of get your thoughts uh, a little bit more in depth. So kind of take a step back before we – because I know one of the questions I want to get to is that you have a, a very uh, strong background from BYU. And before we go into those other areas – how about give us a little bit of your background and kind of how you became uh, involved with BYU and then eventually on mm-hmm. to St. Mary's? Yeah, that's a good question. It wasn't wasn't planned that way. Um, <laughs> I got into coaching. Actually, my wife and I moved to Washington, D.C. after we graduated from BYU, and I was set on being a diplomat and an ambassador. That was my goal someday to be an ambassador. And uh, so that's how I uh, got Michelle to marry me. So I told her I was going to be ambassador someday. <laughs> then I came home one day and said, I've changed course, and I'm going to coach boys for free instead. So she, as you can imagine, was pretty fired up about that. Um, I started <laughs> coaching boys volleyball in Fairfax, Virginia, in the D.C. area. I started a club there, loved it, just you know, fell in love with it, and knew pretty quickly that that's what I wanted to do. Carl McGowan had a position for me at BYU. I called him and asked if he had anything. We wanted to move back west because we are both from California and we wanted to get back out west after our daughter was born. So I called Carl and he said, I've got a great position for you with our team. It's called volunteer assistant coach. And so I said, I'll take it. So took our family out to a a non-paying job. (laughs) <laughs> and um, got another job that I could work on the side that allowed me to be in the gym with Carl and his team. And the coaching staff there was Hugh McCutcheon and Troy Tanner. And I got to be the volunteer, which was uh, as good as I could have hoped for to be in the gym with all those people. Outside of pay for program, sure. Especially at that time. Yeah, yeah so it was fantastic. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, to to be with those people was exactly what I needed. So um, I had graduated from BYU, so I knew Carl, and uh, was going, and, you know, my wife and I both graduated from BYU, so I was going home in a sense. But um, from there, you know, it just one thing led to another, and the position open, opened with the national team, and I w- worked with the national team for six years, and then a position opened here at St. Mary's, and it was the perfect place for us to go from there, and I've been here ever since. This is year 11 here at St. Mary's. Fantastic. It's funny that you say that uh, you had to take a non-paying position. Uh, yeah. I remember the time when I started our uh, the McCarthy Project back in 2001. Um, boy, you would have thought I was doing it for free as well. It really is... Uh, <laughs> a labor of love when you get to work with young people 
you know, you talk to people that all sounds cool to them because they're really not happy, you know, sitting in a cubicle in some cases, you know, but uh, you do have to persevere a little bit and it takes a little while yeah. to get your to feet uh, on the ground and, and going the right direction. So, so now we're at uh, St. Mary's and, and you start, you help start the, the, the beach program. And then you've also been at St. Mary's as the indoor coach and looking forward now, the NCAA announces, this year that they're going to actually make it a uh, move it from an emerging sport to an actual full-fledged um, NCAA sport. What do you see is going to change or what do you, is it going to go from this counterculture small group of people or is it, and is it going to become more corporate or what do you foresee? I think it's just going to continue to grow. I think it was inevitable. Beach volleyball is such a great game and, such a popular game, you know, it's exploded in the Olympics and uh, internationally. And um, so I think it's just going to continue to grow and more and more schools are going to jump on board and more programs like ours at some point down the line, you know, will separate and we'll have scholarships for beach volleyball and um, separate coaching staff right now. It's, it's our indoor athletes and our indoor staff and we love it. You know, we love it. I'm, perfectly happy with how it is right now but I'm sure at some point especially in our conference and being where we are it's just going to continue to progress and grow and become more formalized and evolve into its own you know separate sport and we're happy to be a part of it happy to have been able to get involved in it and do it early on what was the big motive for actually endorsing it because you've been already a program for two years so yeah. what was the big driving force behind actually saying, hey, two years ago, let's let's give this a shot when there was probably 30 teams, give or take? Yeah. Yeah, it was actually probably four years ago, right, when, you know, they were ready to do it. My biggest motivation was this. I knew it was going to happen. It was going to grow. It was going to be an NCAA sport. And so I, for my administration, I said, let's not be the last team in our conference to do this. Let's be one of the first. And then with the Bay Area coaches, we got together and helped organize all of us to jump on board early. And the, we knew the only way to do that was to jump in and do it with our current athletes and coaches and not wait for scholarships and not and not make our administration have to come up with scholarships and salaries for new coaches. We knew that if we went to them and said, look, we can do this for very little money um, and the NCA will help subsidize it if we can, let, let's go for it. And so we kind of all jumped in together in the Bay Area. And that was a really big, I know that had a big impact on uh, the, the speed with which the sport got developed. The fact that all of our Bay Area schools jumped in and did it and made the commitment, um, helped the numbers, boost the numbers dramatically, and it also made people, it opened some people's eyes, I think, in across the country of, oh, wow, this is really going to happen. Look at all these schools, Stanford and Cal and St. Mary's and Santa Clara and USF and Pacific and Sac State, they're all going for it. Um, and so I think that was that was a, a nice step. And um, the biggest motivator for me, like I said, was this is going to happen, and I think it's going to be great, and I don't want to be last. You know, I want to be on the forefront of this. Uh, you know, it's funny. Like, you know, otherwise, you're you're sitting on the outside, and then you're jumping in later. And I thought, uh, let's let's go for it now. 
Yes. Well, it is interesting how they're, it, they're like little pockets of kind of like, um, I don't know if that's necessarily early adopters, you know, because you, when you read like uh, all the books that back in the 60s they were playing, you know, at least out in California, you know, and it was a, it was a, it was a big sport back in the 60s. It just has taken a little while to kind of move across the um, United States, so to speak. But it's interesting how the other pocket is not necessarily Florida, but it's up in the Georgia, Alabama, you know, all those guys down there. And the Atlantic mm-hmm. Sun are the other ones that kind of, like, got on board early, too. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, the the big steps for beach volleyball, once it got past the, um, you know, uh, just small little local circles in beach cities, was um, the popularity of the AVP, you know, in the 80s. It, it took yeah. off. And people like Karch and Mike Dodd and Randy Stoklos and that whole thing. And then when it got adopted as a sport by the Olympics, was a huge step. And then how it took off in the Olympics to become very quickly one of the most popular sports. Uh, in Sydney, it was huge. In Atlanta, it was big, I think, because we were the country to adopt it and say, let's start with beach volleyball. Then in Sydney, you know, Australia, they were all about it, and it just kept growing from there and um, became so popular. And then I think this is just another step, uh, providing scholarships for young women. I wish that, um, and I hope the same thing can happen for men, for for young men, that they can get scholarships to play beach volleyball. In fact, I think it's a shame that they don't. Yeah. I think it's it's a shame that they don't. I think uh, we need more scholarships and more opportunities for young men to play volleyball, and uh, it's a great. It's just as great as a sport, of course, as it is. It, it's just as great a sport for men as it is for women, and uh, I hope that men get the opportunity to play beach volleyball collegiately soon. Well, see, it's interesting. Even in Minnesota, you know, I've been born and raised in Minnesota, and. Uh, volleyball, even at high school, is not a high school sport for, 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 for boys. And it's funny because the first time I was down in St. Louis and I went to a, a volleyball tournament, I was invited and I said, sure, I'll go. You know, you know, I just assumed it would be all girls. And all of a sudden I saw all these really tall six nine guys. And I'm like, what's going on here? You know, where's the basketball tournament? You know, um, yeah, and then right. you found out that there was actually a boys tournament there. And you went over there and you're like, holy smokes. Volleyball for guys is really uh, quite a a very exhilarating sport, I found. I just wish that yeah. there would be, you know, like in Minnesota, I didn't even have an idea that men played. The only thing I knew was Karch. Oh, yeah, back in the Olympics when I was a kid, I remember seeing this guy <laughs> named Karch play. You know, that was about all I amounted to. But um, yeah. let's take another tack a little bit. Uh, is this idea of BYU and... You know, Minnesota has a little bit of a connection with Hugh McCutcheon. You mentioned that earlier. Um, talk to us a little bit about how BYU becomes a kind of like a really hot spot for volleyball. Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, all of that, everything that's BYU volleyball related, almost everything can be traced back to Carl McGowan. Um, he was coaching internationally in the 70s. Um he uh, started, you know, just uh, a volleyball culture that, you know, ended up going through BYU and around BYU. Uh, Jim Coleman studied at BYU. He's a, you know, a volleyball legend in terms of coaching and 
innovation and USA Volleyball leadership. Um, Mark Dunphy got a degree at BYU, and that all centers around Carl. Um, and so he coached with Elaine Michaelis at BYU. Elaine's another for sure, definitely someone who figures into that picture as someone who helped put BYU on the map with volleyball. Um, but really, you know, Carl, just with his uh, his background, his experience, and his uh, drive to learn and get better and to innovate and to change and uh, just turned him has turned him into one of the best coaches we've ever had, not just in the United States, but really in the world. I mean, he is that kind of a coach and he's had a huge impact on all his players and assistant coaches where many of his players have gone on to coach very successfully. And, um, so when BYU wanted to start a men's program in the early nineties, they said, we we're willing to do this, but only if you Carl coach this team. And so he did. And, uh, it wasn't too long before, uh, BYU became good and, you know, had some really good teams and won some national championships after a while and just continued from there. So he has had an impact, a huge impact in the volleyball world and in the volleyball coaching world. A lot of people who have learned from him have gone on to coach. And like I said earlier, I was very lucky and fortunate to end up there at that time in particular with him and with Hugh and with, with Troy and with that team, you know, uh, guys who were playing at BYU who were future Olympians and gold medalists. And uh, it was just an amazing experience. And I had that small little experience there for a few years with Carl, but so many others have had similar experiences and have helped propel them on to coaching careers. What was his big, I mean, you mentioned he's an innovator, was he more of a technical coach? Was he more of like volleyball? We're going to teach the romance, you know, of the beauty uh, of it, or what was his kind yeah, of philosophy? You know That's a great question. Um, Carl's the foundation of his coaching comes through his understanding of motor learning. I think first, yeah. understanding how people learn physical activities and applying that knowledge to okay. If that's how people learn, if that's what scientists are telling, science tells us this is how people learn, then this is how we should teach. And so he's been very innovative in that regard. This is how volleyball should be taught. And um, But, yes, he's also, because of that, I think he's, he's a, he was a very good technical coach um, with how to play the game. Um, but that guided him, I think, in knowing how to teach people how to read the game. His teams were always really good blocking teams, and they were really good blocking teams because they looked at the right things and saw the right things and responded accordingly because he taught them how to do that. He taught them how to read the game. And uh, A lot of us coaches, and uh, coming from Carl and from Hugh and from Marv and Doug Beal, uh, we know that, Volleyball is a visual motor game that, that you learn. You become really good at it by learning how to read it and anticipate what's going to happen on the court. And that's one of the things that Carl was so good at and is so good at. Interesting. So then when you take away and how you 
coach today. This is I know this is a little bit off the the script that we had, but when you look at teaching young people how to play a sport, you know at you know your position you're you're getting athletes that can play. You know they come to you mm-hmm. not you know ready to go. But how do you take them to the next level? It's harder, you know, it's harder to take players to the next level the higher you get. So if you're in Division One women's volleyball and you're in the West Coast Conference, you're getting some really good volleyball players. And yeah. so the uh, increments of change and progress are smaller. You know, they're not going to, typically, they're not going to make huge leaps. That's happened already for them. Um, so it, it, it's really, you start to separate out the ones who are willing to pay the price with the time and the mindfulness and uh, being open to feedback um, and to change, those are the ones who are going to keep getting better. Of course, you see that in professional sports, in sport across all sports at all levels, but especially even in the, the highest levels, the ones you know who get drafted in the first rounds of the draft, the ones who keep getting better and keep learning are the ones who are the stars and the ones who were stars maybe in college or in our case stars in high school, but they're not willing and able to keep learning and keep getting better. They get left behind. So I think that's the key, you know, to, to taking someone in our program and getting them to the next level is us doing our job, but really it starts with them. Are they ready and willing to learn um, and to change and to go through some discomfort. I've had the opportunity <laughs> recently to work with the women's national team, and the ones who are on the floor um, playing and making an impact and going to Rio for the Olympics are the ones who are willing to change and learn and keep keep going forward. The ones who showed up as superstars maybe out of college, but thought, they didn't need to learn a whole lot, or maybe they thought they did, but they weren't willing to pay the price, you know, discomfort and and going through the change process. If they weren't really willing to do that, then they got left behind. So um, I think that's true for every program and every level. The ones who are learners and willing to keep getting better are the ones who are, are going to be around and getting to that next level. That is an interesting thing because you talk about going through the pain and going through the change. Have you found that there are um, – is that the uniqueness of a great athlete? You mentioned it three or four times. and, and not, I didn't mention it three or four times, but you've mentioned it, and I've, that's the first time I've ever heard it put like that where you are taking somebody that legitimately can play, and now we're going to say you need to reinvent yourself to become better. Yeah. Is there, a, yeah. is that what you're saying? Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, we could look at a couple of examples. Um, pick one from women's volleyball, Missy May, yep. uh, who grew up, grew up with volleyball, you know, her dad, Butch taught her how to play and she was a great player in college inning, but she didn't stop learning and getting better. And she and her partner, Carrie just, kept working on improving and getting better and better and better. And all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but, you know, in the end, (laughs) you've got a bunch of gold medals to show for it. Uh, A good example right now that's a hot topic, I think, would be Steph Curry. He was really good coming out of college, better than people thought. But 
he didn't rest on that. He has shown that he's willing to continue to pay the price to push the limits of his skill level and keep getting better. And he's blowing people away with what he can do because he's he's been open to improvement and change and um, learning and growing. And it's, you know, it's all around us, those kinds of examples, the ones who keep, um, are open to change and keep learning are the ones who rise to the top. Uh, I just have a feeling we could talk for a little while about this subject, but unfortunately we've come to the end. <laughs> I, I, it's, uh, I want to thank you very much for taking the time. I, uh, it really is a special thing. I know that um, college coaches just doesn't have an hour just laying around uh, to, for nothing to do, so to speak. But if people do want to get a hold of you and would like to look into St. Mary's, where do they get a hold of you and where uh, should we direct our listeners? Uh, yeah, to St. Mary's smcgales.com. And uh, uh, my contact information is on there. And happy to, uh, you know, hear from anyone. And I think one of the things, maybe the most important thing I've learned from people like Carl McGowan is I – I like learning from others. Every time I, I do a clinic or uh, talk to someone, no matter how long they've been in it, there's always something to learn for me. So I love to hear from people and and talk talk volleyball. <laughs> it would be cool because it's funny because, and I'll just finish up with it. I remember, um, you know, like the Miracle on Ice thing. You know, I, I guess I'm old enough to know, you know, I watched the Miracle on Ice, you know. <laughs> And yeah, I'm right they, there with you. we always heard it from our perspective, you know, like, um, you know, like we won that day, you know, and how great of an accomplishment it was for all these young people to, to beat the big nasty Russians, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day ESPN did a, uh, uh, one of those 30-30 shows uh, on the Russian perspective and the Russian coach and what, what was going on at that time. Yeah, that and was I fascinating, think, wasn't it? Yes, because you watch it and you've seen that I think the coach that was previous to the guy, I don't know the guy's name that actually did the Olympics, but one of the guys that was before him was one of these guys like Carl, you know, where mm-hmm. it meant more than just putting the puck in the net and winning the game. It had yeah. some romance to it. It had a deeper meaning. It had uh, something that you could pass along to other people. And mm-hmm. um so I really, I really do get that feeling. Um, I'd love to talk to Carl one day. It would be really fun to do that. But um, you should. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Rob. Um, and like I mentioned, thank if you, anyone can hold of him, have a hold of you, I'll send him your way. And uh, thanks a lot for your time. Yeah. Thank you. Well, good afternoon. This is Stephen McCarthy from the McCarthy Project, and we are coming to you live from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, where we have been working with young people for the last 10, 12 years almost. It's actually 14 now that I think about it. I'll take that back. It's 15 now that uh, you do the math. And uh, today we will be talking with uh, Coach Rob Browning of St. Mary's. And uh, we'll be talking about the future of volleyball with, uh, as it relates to the beach game, as well as uh, kind of his history. He has a very, very cool history being associated with the BYU program uh, back in um, uh, previous to him coming becoming a coach uh, at St. Mary's 
And so he'll be talking about kind of like uh, telling some stories about um, what was so unique about that experience and, and who was there. And, and especially in Minnesota, you know, from that standpoint, uh, Yuma McCutcheon has a, a connection to there as well. So we'll be talking about those areas shortly. So right after the break, um, we'll have Coach Rob Browning uh, talking about uh, BYU uh, and the future of beach volleyball. Alrighty, that was a fantastic time. I really did enjoy that interview uh, with Coach Browning. Uh, I really do enjoy the storyteller part of life, and uh, it would seem that there would be a lot of really cool stories that uh, we did not get to in that short time, but um, I have a distinct feeling that there's a whole lot more. So thank you very much, uh, Coach Barney, for taking the time. And uh, with that being said, thank you all for listening. Um, the uh, place to get a hold of us is the McCarthyProject.com. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can give us a call at 612-741-0982. Or you can, like I say, uh, touch base with us at our website, which is the McCarthy Project, all spelled out. Until we talk again, uh, keep pursuing your dream and and, uh, elite performance is within your grasp.